0: Think about the different aspects of your business. Think about what you do every day in your role, which could, again, be if you're a business owner or just the nature of your role. Let's say if you're at some pharmaceutical company, who are you interacting with? What are the challenges that you are facing? And that's going to help to determine the skills that you need. So we mentioned communication, for example. Communication, we know how to talk to other people in the medical profession, right? You can name some some terms. I can't name them off the top of my head. But you can say, you know, Here, here's the issue. And everyone says, oh, yes, we all know what that issue is. We all learned it the same way. We know what this means. We know what the course of action is. But when you're dealing, say, with the finance group at your hospital, and you're saying, look, we need this equipment. We need to alter this process. It's going to cost money, but it's going to save money in the long run because some medical reason. The finance person says, I don't understand medical reason. How do you take that medical reason and put it into financial terms? We need to learn to speak.
1: Hey there, my friend. Welcome to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina. I am a cardiothoracic surgery PA with a background in public health and neuroscience. ambitious healthcare professional like you with a demanding career to become a confident leader who are living purposefully and fulfilled to truly be both a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life. Let's start our journey today. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Sabrina, for another exciting episode of the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. And today we have Mark Herstberg with us. And I'm so excited for him to share his story, his wonderful gifts with us. Mark is a author of The Career Toolkit, The Essential Skills for Success That No One Taught You. He is an educated at MIT. And Mark has spent his career launching and fixing new ventures at startups, Fortune 500s, and academia. He developed a new software language and online marketplaces, new authentication systems, and tracked criminals and terrorists. On the dark web, and he helped to create the undergraduate practice opportunities program at MIT's and for MIT's career success accelerator, where he has taught for 20 years. Mark also serves as the board of nonprofit techie youth and planet a million corals. So Mark is gonna be sharing with us today for all of us in healthcare. We thought we jumped into this career, we're devoted, we're going, and we all had a love of sharing and helping. But as we go through life, some people have pivoted into leaving their big organization wanted to create a a business and private practice of their own versus other people start thinking, what could be other opportunities for us besides this clinical medicine? And how do you get to that place is one thing. But once you get to whatever new passion and the existing passion you're working at, communication become another big thing. We always want to communicate effectively, but why do we want that is that We want to get something out of the other end, right? No matter it's a new idea you want to launch, a new product you wanted to purchase, knowing it's going to help your patients or your team, it's all on negotiation. So I'm so excited for Mark to be here to talk to us all about that and also share more on his book and all his wonderful researches and knowledges. So thanks, Mark, for being here. Welcome, welcome.
0: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here today.
1: Yeah, it's so amazing for you to take the time. We actually had a, a brief conversation a few days ago and just to brainstorm, right? What would be the best thing for you guys and what you wanted? So we come up with this topic for today. So Mark, I know I couldn't do a best service to introduce you. So I want you to really share a little bit about your background, uh, how you got everything started. I know even when you're younger, your dad was the chief of medicine for hospital. So you really came from this area of serving healthcare as well. So yeah, tell us more about yourself.
0: So I did grow up with my father, who's now a retired physician. And of course, as a little kid, I knew what a doctor did. He made sick people better. But as I grew up, I understood my father was in administration. He didn't actually see a lot of sick people. He would talk about the challenges, of course, business challenges of doctors want to do more tests, but the business side of course wants to keep costs down. How do you find that balance? How do you think about staffing? right? All these other issues. How do you think about processes? That was something they never talked about in med school. They probably still don't in most med schools. And that's not unique to medicine. My own background in engineering, I know all about how to engineer systems, but no one taught me how to hire people, how to think about strategy, how to explain complex engineering ideas to the non-engineers. And all these other skills, leadership, communications, building our network. We've all heard that. We know it's important, but no one stopped to teach us that. So I had to learn this stuff for myself. I quickly realized it wasn't just me. It's not just you. None of us are learning it. I got involved with MIT as we were putting together a program to teach this to our undergrads. And I've taught not just for MIT students. I've taught in other programs, other universities, people in their 20s through their 60s. I've taught to all different people, all different industries. Because these are the skills that we know will make someone successful along the way. No one bothered to teach them to us.
1: You're so right. We are so good at chasing skills as academic level, and we are taught when we're younger what kind of job you want, right? And that job somehow always associated with certain degree. So then we feel like, oh, we have to bet. Uh, get the grades to get into this set of program. And once I get into the program and we're working really hard, and then we can get some kind of certification or licensing in that, and that means I will have a good job. And never think about that job is not just working on the job, it's part of our life. And we have to be able to do it not only efficient and with our knowledge, but how do we interact with those that we're doing the job with. And for everybody who are direct impact with our clients, patients, how do we communicate in a way that they get us and not just all the lingos we're throwing around? There's such a crucial way, exactly as you are saying, when the private practice owners, we just know clinical medicine. When we have this passion of growing a business, it's not just that, it's how do you trust someone enough to hire someone? How do you make sure that's the right people to hire? Or your back office team, do they understand the way that how you wanted to build, right? So this is a, a major thing. So what are some of the examples you feel like people have been missing? Like uh, that's why they get into these difficult decisions or uh, things are not coming across correctly.
0: One thing that made this worse is if you think about our education, we went from high school, which is very broad, and you do well in high school and you go to college. So now you focus on major, pre-med or biology, a little more narrow. And if you do really well there, you get into med school. Now you're focused on a really narrow area. And the way you do after med school, you go into your specialty, and you get even really narrow, right? And so all of us, we're successful people. If you're, if you're a doctor or a nurse, you've obviously done well, but you were successful by getting more and more narrow as you continue your career. If you go into medical administration, if you start your own business, or if you get into work, say, at a company where you're taking a broader, more business approach, All of a sudden, you need that medical knowledge, but it's in a larger context. So if you're starting your own private practice, you suddenly realize it's not just about seeing patients. You have to know a little about accounting. You have to know how to market your business. You have to know how to hire people. In fact, it's probably not just you hiring because you don't just say, well, I interviewed the person. What about the rest of your staff? Did they come along and interview the person? Did anyone ever teach them how to hire? And by the way, it's not just medicine. It's in every field. We all learn how to interview, but we never teach people how to hire. So think about the different aspects of your business. Think about what you do every day in your role, which could again be if you're a business owner or just the nature of your role. Let's say if you're at some pharmaceutical company, who are you interacting with? What are the challenges that you are facing? And that's gonna help to determine the skills that you need. So we mentioned communication, for example. Communication, we know how to talk to other people in the medical profession, right? You can name some some terms. I can't name them off the top of my head, but you can say, you know, Here, here's the issue. And everyone says, oh yes, we all know what that issue is. We all learned it the same way. We know what this means. We know what the course of action is. But when you're dealing, say, with the finance group at your hospital, and you're saying, look, we need this equipment. We need to alter this process. It's going to cost money, but it's gonna save money in the long run because some medical reason, The finance person says, I don't understand medical reason. How do you take that medical reason and put into financial terms? We need to learn to speak the languages of the other people we're engaged with, because they're certainly not going to be learning to speak medical terminology. They should if they're working in this field, but they don't always. So it's on us to learn the marketing people, the HR people, the finance people, whether it's your small business or a large organization, how do they think? What are the terms they put things in? What's their mental models? How do they think about things? And how can we translate our complex technical decision making into their way of thinking so they can follow what we understand?
1: Yes, it's more so on the other type of communication, right? We talked about now language in itself is not just English or a different set of language that we communicate, but it's the lingo that people use. Now, even within subspecialty, we have a lot of lingo abbreviation that, yes, we understand if you're in the subspecialty, but outside of it, it's not as familiar. And other thing in medicine, we tend to chart with short abbreviation. And so from a billing perspective, some people have no idea, right? Sometimes even our research administration, when they look at our charting to figure out what does that mean, right? And a simple thing in surgery, we say post up CDI, that means clean, (laughs) it's no drainage and then intact, but it it doesn't come naturally from other people. And therefore, if we want to get something done, We need to talk as anybody, right? More like latent people. And sometimes we even talk about, hey, can you say it in an eighth grader? Then there's no confusion whatsoever. And you need to be something purpose-driven. Would you say that's true? And how else would people be more conscious about these different languages, you would say, Mark?
0: I was laughing because I've seen some of the medical papers I get from my insurance company I have multiple degrees from MIT. I'm pretty scientifically literate. And I look at this and I was there for a procedure and I say, really, is that what they did? (laughs) Those words don't seem to correspond to what I thought we did. But this is that that billing language. Think of it like a foreign language. So imagine if you go off to France and you're listening to a lecture in France, a medical lecture in France. And okay, you had French in high school and you're sitting there listening to the lecture. You're spending a lot of time thinking, okay, wait, I have to translate the French I'm hearing into English, right? Some of your attention is going just to that translation. You're not paying attention to the message. You're paying attention to what exactly is being said. So that's less focus you can put on thinking about the problem or understanding it. The same thing happens. It's not French versus English, but it's our domain language. And this is true for any two domains, but certainly for a highly technical domain, like medicine, non-specialists need to sit there and go, wait, I have to translate, what does that term mean? Yeah, I think I heard someone use it last month. Okay, I think I've got it. At which point they're paying less attention to what you're trying to say, to the point. And if you're trying to say, look, we need to change things or I'm asking for you to you know, authorize more money or I want to hire more people, they're still focused on the language and they're not hearing your argument as well. So just as if I was going to speak to a bunch of people in France, ideally, I'd be able to speak French. Now, learning French is not my strength and that would take some time. But for those of us who are in medicine, to be able to speak non-medical language, you can do it. You were doing it for most of your life before med school. Think back to that and take that step closer to how your audience thinks. And by doing so, they can focus more on your message and not just the words and trying to understand what they mean.
1: Right, right. In a sense, if, let's say, we have uh, some kind of equipment, right, that's an example you brought up, if we know this is going to benefit our patient in a telemedicine device that could means I can properly track our patient's progress when they're at home. So if we want that, that means there's a cost related to even initial purchase. Would you say because we know the value and the problem that's solving, so the way that we communicate with the purchasing department when they are considering how much they have to spend upfront, front, that may be because we have to driven by value, we have to show them how much money we would save from preventing patient from returning to hospital versus the way that we can easily track and ultimately potentially also be able to build that uh, instead of the front costs that they have to invest. Is that where you're going? Is that one of the things that would be more logical to think?
0: That's a great example because as a medical practitioner, you're thinking in terms of This patient, this outcome, right? That's how you're trained to think. The finance people don't think about patients. They think about this particular activity, this process or this procedure has a certain cost. It has a certain income. And they, of course, want to make sure the income is always higher than the cost. They're less concerned about, is this a better medical outcome? Yes. Obviously, they probably care about the patient. We certainly hope they do, but really they're thinking every day about what are the costs and the benefits, right? The revenue typically, or possibly risks that come in that's going to hit the bottom line. And so when you take that step and say, this is 10% paramedically, or this saves one out of 10 visits, or whatever it is that this new technology does, when you translate it into the monetary value that they look at, they're going to say, oh, okay, now I see what the benefit is. Now it fits into my model of cost versus revenue, and it either increases revenue or lowers costs. If you were talking to the marketing department, you might not say, oh, look, here's how you know this saves on costs because no one wants the marketing team to say, hey, guess what? We're saving money as we treat you. Right? What does the marketing department care about? They care about a good message typically related to wellness or patient outcome. And so there you want to take this same idea. If you say, look, hey, we can do this now in three visits instead of four. And I know that will save us money. But instead, you can say the patient or the marketing team can, we can reduce the amount of time till we get a positive outcome. right? Because that's how the patients like to think. And that's how the marketing team likes to think. Marketers have to think like your customer. So we're going to translate what we know, probably in some technical medical outcome, but translate that into what each of the departments think of As they model out what the behaviors are and what the activities are
1: yeah that is so crucial we have to think about each department what the goal of that department is even within our smaller practice inside of this big large hospital organization we still have to consider that now a private practice even more crucial to have a strong foundation of marketing because you are competing with many other small practices, right? And therefore, how are you standing out? What are the ultimate outcome like? What Mark is saying, patient wants something fast, result and quick and easy and not spending a lot of money or visit back to you, right? Versus a billing department, they're thinking about how are you going to be most efficient with your time and you can give the most to that patient and you can bill better. So that's a different perspective. We have to put on different hats of, okay, this group need XYZ, but group B need ABC. When we're in this type of leadership and especially where asking for help, we need to be able to switch our hats life and right to get the best result. So that's such an amazing thing. Now I want to uh, switch gear a little bit to talk about your book before we wrap up. I know it's an awesome book and even has an app to it because Mark is mathematic, technology, he has so much to do. So tell us a little bit about your book. How did you come about writing this book and how can people get the book and either purchase or get the app?
0: So recognizing that we have all learned these technical skills, whether it's medicine or accounting or marketing or whatever else, we've all learned that in school as it got more narrow. But these fundamental skills like communications, networking, negotiations, leadership, they're not taught to us, but we know it makes us more effective. Think about how much more effective you could be if you're a slightly better negotiator, right? Getting better deals, getting better prices, huge ROI, no one stopped to do that. And so from having taught this for many decades, I want to put out in a book. It applies across all different disciplines. And one thing I know from doing books like this, from having read many, from having taught, we all forget this. Now, of course, in medicine, you're probably better organized at remembering lots of facts, right? That's what you did to get through nursing school, to get through medical school. But still, it's hard to keep track of that all. We know spaced repetition works. And we know that you're not gonna have the book with you, right? One of the hardest things to do as a doctor is to have to reference something and patients don't like it when you have to go to the book because they think you have to know everything. We know you can't, right? Same thing here. You don't have to read the book and memorize everything. I know I forget these books three weeks later. So with the free app, it sits in your pocket. Each day it pops up a reminder. It's like a daily affirmation, but with one of the tips from the book, so it reinforces it or You can say, you know what, I'm about to go into negotiation. Let me just open up the app and quickly flip through it right, and get that crash course because your book's not going to be with you, but your phone is. So the book itself covers all these topics and more, including career planning, how to hire people, practical management tips. Everything is not just theory. It's practical advice. And so you can get the book. You can go to the website, thecareertoolkitbook.com. Learn more about the book, see where to buy it, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, local bookstores. You can also download the free app or a number of other free resources from the website, thecareertoolkitbook.com.
1: That is amazing. I know certainly I'm gonna go get the app because negotiation is always a best thing to learn and be better at. And no matter if they negotiating with your career or even just with your family and friends, you have to figure out something when you even just go out to eat or planning a trip, right? And, and then that's more crucial and especially you're getting just like a little bit tip every day small dose of something that compound into something amazing so I'm definitely gonna go look into the app and get what Mark is offering us so everyone go download and look for the book and the app and we'll put all that into the show notes as well so amazing thank you so much uh, is there anything else you wanted to tell people or if people want to connect with you what's the best way To for them to reach out to you?
0: If you go to the website, thecareertoolkitbook.com, there's a contact form where you can reach out to me or you can find me on all the social media platforms.
1: Amazing, amazing. And now when we wrap up, we know for all the speakers, I ask them to take this holistic life assessment because we can all be experts, but it's hard to be experts in everything. And that's okay because we're just human. So Mark, when you took the assessment what come to your mind? Anything you would want to change? Anything surprising to you?
0: Nothing surprising. I've spent a lot of time thinking about not just my career, my life, because when we career plan, we life plan. Mostly, I'm pretty happy with where I am. Obviously, the standout is I'm still single. And so in uh, one of those that I think was about family or personal life, that's still a major hole. And that's something, of course, you can't unilaterally change. And it's even harder during the pandemic.
1: Awesome. And at least now we have other ways to connect, right? There are apps and and there are definitely different events that these love coaches also hosting. So, A bunch of our episodes is also on love relationship. So listen to some of that. And then I'm happy to refer you to even some of the love coaches that I know has been doing awesome work. We all know no matter what life is about, enjoy the moment as we grow further. So everyone, we thank you so much. For listening to this episode, for you to discover your career now, or even to elevate your career as a person, as someone to really create influence, we need to know how to better communicate. So go find Mark's book and download his app. Thank you, everyone. We appreciate your thoughts. Please leave a review on iTunes and until next week. Bye-bye. All right, my friend, how did you love this episode?